You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another edition of Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. On today's show, we will talk about the Indians, of course. We'll talk about the game today. We will look around the other teams in the wild card hunt. We'll discuss the National League a little bit. And if we have some time at the end, I'll uh, pull out some of those interviews. I only have two left, Alex Call and Nick Sandlin. So I'd like to, uh, before the season ends, uh, share those with you guys. So I'm recording this because I don't feel like staying up super late uh, to see this one finish, though it's likely going to finish while we're recording. It's currently uh, bottom of the ninth, two outs, eight to three White Sox. I hate to phrase it this way, but uh, this might be the loss that kind of unofficially ends the Indian season. I talked about how it is with the Rays that uh, you pretty much had to go undefeated to match the Rays, maybe one loss. This was not a game they could afford to lose. This was a game that should have been. This is this was their easiest game. The rest of the way forward, like plain and simply, this is the game you can't lose because this is as easy as it gets matchup-wise. Ross Detweiler is not good. He is not a major league talent. He has been lit up by everyone else, and the Indians um, struggled to get three runs off of him. You just can't do that. You can't let someone like Ross Detweiler uh, get a quality start against you. It just it can't happen uh sadly the indians allowed that to happen a oh a solid performance by shane bieber in this one but again offensively i mean the top of the lineup didn't show up today there's no other way around it um we'll see what happens with lindor if he just does hit a grand slam it's you know it's a one-run game but it's still a one-run game at that point uh top of the lineup 0 for 4, Lindor, 2 strikeouts. Mercado, 0 for 4, 1 strikeout. Carlos Santana, 0 for 4, 1 strikeout. Yasiel Puig, 0 for 3, a walk and a strikeout. Jordan Leplo, 0 for 4, 2 strikeouts. So, the top of the lineup facing a, again, really not good pitcher, for whatever reason, uh, was held hitless. Your top five hitters held hitless against one of the worst starters in baseball. Uh, that, that just can't happen. Jose Ramirez, I mean, he, I'm not sure he's human. Another home run today, coming back from injury. Uh, but offensively, uh, Ross Detweiler, one strikeout, zero walks, three earned runs, five hits. Brings his ERA down to 6.85. It was over seven when he entered the game. Uh, one of his best starts of the year. That it, I'm just going to keep harping on how that cannot happen if you want to be a contending baseball team. Uh, There are several opportunities with runners in scoring position. Um, uh, Freeman went one for two, including hitting into a double play. Lindor is looking like he's going to go 0 for 2 in this situation today. Uh, Greg Allen, pinch hit, and uh, didn't get anything in. Leplo had a chance. Uh, it's it's a deflating game. There's no other way around it. This is one of those games that you just kind of 
there is no defense there is no real comment for it um maybe i can put the ultimate jinx on him and somehow figure out a way to come back and win i just can't see it so when you get into this one uh you know they they, they touch up beaver pretty well in the first inning It should have probably only been one run, but uh, badly played. Builder's Choice allows them to get three across. The Indians get one. They lose one. They lose another one. Then they kind of get back in it. It's a 5-3 game. And then the seventh inning happens. So the way this goes... Well, that's certainly not true. It says Colome pitching for Cleveland. He's not even a pitcher for Cleveland. He's a pitcher for the White Sox. But it's a double, a strikeout, a single. Oliver Perez comes in and promptly gives up the three-run shot. Oliver Perez has not been uh, as strong of late. His ERA is definitely jumping up over these last few games. I don't know if it's overuse. I'm not sure what the issue for him is, but it's we're, we're seeing him kind of go the other way. I mean, what's crazy though in this one, it's you get right down to it. As long as I'm reading this box score correctly. Um, you know, Flattery comes in, takes over second. Simber is pitching, I assume, at this point in the seventh. Just want to make sure that sometimes I mess these things up on here because I think this is just another one of those situations I don't get. Um, yes, because Simber got the final out of the sixth. He came out in the seventh. Okay, well, this is not in the correct order at all. So let me go over to MLB and see if they can actually provide me with information that is accurate and correct. Um, you know, while we uh, I wait to pull this up, you know, the Brewers clinched today. That officially, we know everyone who's going to make it in the National League. Uh, it's now official. The Indians have lost this one. Um, a game they could not afford to lose. It's really a one a game that you can probably I hate to be the ultimate Debbie Downer, but it just it feels like this is the one where, yep, that's pretty much the game. Uh, so in the end, in this one, Lindor strikes out swinging with the bases loaded to have a nice over five game. But so we're gonna pull up that seventh inning. And go to the White Sox side of things. Um, so no, Oliver Perez comes out. Uh, Moncado doubles off of him. Zach Collins strikes out. Yolmer Sanchez grounds out. So, or it's a single, I'm sorry. And, yeah, so the... Not an ideal situation, and again, Perez, we've seen that ERA is creeping up. 
high usage rate for a, a player his age. Um, as we're just looking at it, making sure that all of these matchups. This is also where that point where I'm like, why didn't they just call up more guys? Um, this was Perez's 67th game at the age of 38. That's a lot. Um, so Mankata is a switch hitter, having a really strong year this year. Kind of finally showing uh, what made him, you know, uh, such a jewel prospect, and why he was the centerpiece in that Chris Sale deal, uh, worth a WAR of 4.1 this year. Uh, I mean, they're building something nice there in Chicago. It's going to be a dogfight in the Central uh, sooner rather than later when you look at how they are building things up. So, when you get down to it, he is much better versus righties than versus lefties. So, going to Prez is the right call in that situation. He gets the hit, he gets the double. Next up is Zach Collins, a rookie who's left-handed. Makes sense to keep Perez in. And then you have Yolmar Sanchez, who um, is another switch hitter, who I'm assuming is probably better um, against lefties and righties. They go to the pen. I can't blame for uh, going to Clippard. He gets the home run, gets an out, a single. They go into Karen Chalk and finishes off the inning. But the damage was done, and that kind of sealed the game for the Cleveland Indians. And, like I said, likely sealed their season at this point. Uh, it's, uh, sorry, again, to be <laughs> depressive, but this was the easiest game left on the schedule. This was the most straightforward chance at victory. Um, they all get tougher from here, and now you are a game back in the wild card with four to play. Uh, and the team you're chasing only has three left. So it's... It's not great. <laughs> not great at all. Something that is great is if you need tickets to use vividseats.com, they're our newest sponsor. You go over there and you use the promo code KICKOFF and you can save up to 100 bucks on whatever your tickets are. Uh, you can use Vivid Seats for anything that uh, you need to get a seat for. And you ha they have a built-in reward system that's going to make it so the more you go there and the more you use them, the more that's going to pay off and help you down the line. So remember, it's Vivid Seats and the promo code is locked on. Our other sponsor is our longtime sponsor, BlueChew.com. You go over there, use the promo code MLB, and you can see what all the hype is about. If you've ever been curious about mail enhancement, here's an opportunity for you to try some out. Um, the cost to you is five bucks because you're gonna pay for the shipping. They're so confident in their product that they are going to take a loss on the product, mail it to you knowing that uh, you're going to think it's worthwhile and keep coming back. Remember that promo code is MLB and you're going to go over to bluechew.com. So as I mentioned before, the Rays won tonight. Um, going up against the Yankees, uh, old friend Joy Wendell let off the game with a home run off of... Jonathan Lozagia, who only went one inning, allowing two earned runs. J.A. Happ came in and actually pitched really well for the Yankees after that. 
but uh, four nothing game. Charlie Morton was fantastic. Six innings, one hit, three walks, nine strikeouts. Penn did its job and a four nothing win for the Rays. Ninety fifth win of the year for them. They are able to widen that lead over the Indians. And they only have three games left. The Indians do have uh, four, but they have three games left, all against the bottom-feeding Toronto Blue Jays. They have won three in a row. Oakland has lost two in a row. So as of now, Oakland and Tampa are tied for the number one spot. If Oakland wins tonight, they will uh, take over the... They will stay the number one seed for the, the wildcard game, however you want to phrase it. If they lose, they will fall to second. Um, a win, the Indians are going to be uh, game and a half out of the playoffs still. Two behind Oakland, a loss. We put the Indians one game back of Oakland. And if you're curious about Oakland and who they're facing, um, they have four, well, technically five left because today's game is ongoing. Taylor Ward. Had a home run in the first, but Oakland has come back and tied it up at 1-1. They'll have another... No, it's only a two-gamer against Anaheim, I believe, yeah. So it's the two games, and then they have Seattle, who's um, better than Toronto, but not by much. If you remember earlier in the year, Seattle was leading this division, and it kind of speaks to how much they've... uh, You know, they traded off what they could, and... uh, not played well since that first two months of the year. The upside is the Indians are facing a unmotivated team themselves. We'll have to see how things go, but it's you know, it, it, like I said, there's five five and a half games left for uh, Oakland. There's three left for uh, I should say four and a half for Anaheim, three for Oakland, and four for the Indians. At this point, uh, you know, one game is a big thing to overcome, and we will have to see where things head. Um, National League side of things, we just know that Milwaukee's wrapped it up. Um, we know what the wild card is. We know what all the teams are. We basically, know what's going to happen. American League, it's going to be right into that final weekend. The Indians tomorrow have. Uh, Saval versus Cease. Uh, it is a, I mean, every game has been a must win, but it especially is now. If they take another loss and fall another game back, it's, um, that's pretty much curtains for this season. And the thing I'll just reiterate is what stinks if you're an Indians fan is baseball doesn't re rack. Um, doesn't matter that the Indians didn't make the playoffs, and for instance, the Brewers. Well, the Indians by um, gain nothing, not making the playoffs. There's no added value um, for them in terms of draft position and such things. That just doesn't exist. It's purely record based. So, um, you know, the Indians are sitting there, 93 wins. Uh, Milwaukee is at 88, and the Washington Washington Nationals are at 89. Uh, those teams, if they make the play, I mean, the Washington Nationals could win the whole thing, and they would still pick in front of the Indians just because it's pure win-loss when the season ends. So I talked about putting some uh, another one of the interviews at the end here. I 
thought I'd go with the Nick Sandlin interview. This is actually from two years ago. Nick Sandlin would have a pretty good chance of being with the Indians this year, if not for a forearm forearm tightness, I believe, back in July that put him uh, basically on the disabled list for the year. He has a name to watch for next year, part of that uh, youth surge that is coming up with the Indians' pen. He's an interesting player to uh, to know. Uh, I asked him at the time about his uh, teammate, Matt Walner, who ended up being a competitive balance pick to the Twins this year. So uh, kind of a fun little extra piece of info. Thank you all for listening, reading, and reviewing. Uh, it helps this podcast so much. And as always, go Tribe. So you go from college through A ball and you come in in a high pressure situation already in double A. I mean, this has to be very, you know, just being drafted alone is a whirlwind year, but you're kind of uh, doing something a little unheard of, at least in terms of the Indians and how quickly they move a pick. What's it all been like for you? Uh, it's been awesome, uh, obviously, to get to move through a couple levels and get to play on different teams and you know, meet a bunch of guys and, you know, see how the organizations run at different levels. Um, it's been a great opportunity, and then uh, you know, I've really enjoyed, you know, each, each spot, but uh, it's good to, you know, be on the team right here and make a little playoff push. It's, it's been fun. Talk. How'd you feel out there tonight? Good, yeah. Uh, you know, same as normal. You know, it's like, you know, a little, little more important of a game, but uh, you just try to you know, control what you can and just do what you normally do. We were talking to the manager earlier, and he said that it was the best he had seen your stuff, best philosophy, called it major league stuff tonight. Were you feeling that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I've, you know, made some better pitches than I have been, been struggling a little bit, but, you know, it's good to, you know, get right back on track and, um, you know, kind of get out of that, that little, you know, past few outings, but, uh I mean, I'm not really sure just, you know, how the stuff was, yeah. but, you know, I actually, you know, threw some good locations and I felt pretty good on them. Uh, how have you been able to uh, stay consistent with uh, moving up to a different level every several weeks? Uh, you know, you just got to control what you can and, uh, you know, wherever you're at, it's the, it's the same, same game, you know, same distance from the plate, same, you got to execute the pitches, you know, the same no matter who you're facing. So just try to, uh, you know, just focus on working with the catchers, whoever that is, and just uh, try and compete. One last question. I do a lot of stuff writing about college baseball. Can uh, you give me a quick blurb on your former teammate, Matt Walner? <laughs> yeah, um, he's definitely a great player, and he's done great things at Southern Miss, and uh, this, he's coming up on his draft year, and a lot more people are going to know about him even this year. So, uh, I mean, uh, not much more you could have done your first two years than him at Southern Miss, but uh, you know, good luck. Really looking forward to seeing what he's doing next year at Southern Miss. He's going to be a, you know, a high pick and he's a really good player. Thank you.